Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and, pl- and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight I got the feeling that something ain't right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Welcome to episode 28 of um, Conversing with the Text, a ministry of Crown Rights Cast Network and also of Holly Ridge Presbyterian Church. You can reach out to us at crownrightscastnet at gmail.com. Also, if you're looking for a place to worship, I invite you to join us at Holly Ridge Presbyterian Church on Tribal Road in Blacksburg. Now, a couple weeks ago, um, we covered these verses. I actually did an episode, it was episode 28, and I was informed uh, very lovingly that I did a terrible job, um, that that things did not go well. There was silence, and it seemed that I was lost at what I was trying to say or where I was trying to be in the Scriptures and such as that. And so uh, I want to ask you to forgive me for uh, putting up a bad product. And and, and if if you've heard it, if you've heard it, I, I just ask you to forgive me. And and we're gonna we're gonna replace it with this episode. If you did not hear it, um, you didn't miss anything. But uh, it was laughable. But it 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 was bad. I, I I went back and listened to it, and and the criticism was correct. And so, um, I I want to ask that you uh, uh, forgive my rushedness, my un- unpreparedness, whatever you want to call it, whatever excuse I want to make up uh, as to why it was not. Uh, up to our standards. Um, I'm hoping that we're actually getting better as we go, and that 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 was a kind of a stumble. Um, I am new at this; it's uh, it's different. So I, I just want to ask your forgiveness, and uh, you know, I, I hope you didn't share it with anybody, and uh, maybe this one will be one that you can. So this this week we will look at the veil that separates God from man that was placed there because of sin. So. Um, Notice, notice very first that that God uh, takes man out of the garden. He he sends him out, and then he drives him out. He forces him to leave. So he gives the command for him to leave, and then he drives him out, and he puts the cherubim between, and and then the the flaming sword. Um, so you know this this helps us to see that there that there now is a separation between sinful man and God. Um, and, and it also points to our need for knife and fire to reach God and how the veil is ultimately removed. That's the things that we're going to talk about uh, today. Now, the veil is the cherubim placed at the east gate of the garden. Now, this shows us that sinful man cannot inherit eternal life or have access to God. We are separated from God through sin. Now, we, we know that, but what we have to see is God is gracious. He covers our He covered their sins before he drove them out, and he caused this separation. Like with the garden, the way to God is blocked. Um, and, and we see this really well in Exodus 26, 31 through 35. The word of the Lord reads, You shall make a veil woven of blue purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim, you shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver, and you shall hang the veil from, this, from the clasps. 
Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south, and you shall put the table on the north side. So what what is being shown here is that our well actually I think that it it bears out for us that our that our interpretation uh, of uh, chapter two and and the beginning of chapter three is correct that that the garden wasn't just a wasn't just a it wasn't it wasn't the place that Adam and Eve lived right they lived in Eden but they worshipped in the garden. And so this was a type of the sanctuary, and, and it bears out that, that this, this was a model of heaven um, in, in its own right, and, and then it was to be a model for the rest of the world to be, to be uh, made into. And so this, this gives us, um, this colors our worship and what is being accomplished when we worship, and we'll get into that a little more. Um, but the way the most holy place is covered by a veil. No one can stand uh, before God. Um, no one can stand before God. Only uh, He can forgive our sins. And so Psalm 130, 1 and 2 read, Out of the depths I cried to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Right? Only God can forgive sin. Only He can make a way for us. So the veil must be removed. Paul said, tells us that it is through conversion uh, it, that it is removed. 2 Corinthians three fifteen and 16 read, But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Taken away. See, salvation only comes through Christ. And and only our separation from... I mean, only Christ can remove our separation from God. Only He can take that out of the way. Now, this helps us to understand why things were done the way they were. And, and it helps us to see that there, there is nothing arbitrary in the Word of God. There, there's not just bare facts that are given to us in God's Word. Every word... Everything that is told us, we need to take into consideration and see how it is pointing to Jesus Christ. Um, Michael Shane here did a really good job of explaining it to us this week, um, that, that being uh, the week of, of October the 31st, um, this past Sunday. Um, so we're, we're going into November now. We're in November now, but that was when uh, he preached that. Also, uh, what we want to look at is, uh, as we said a few weeks ago, Christ showed or modeled for Adam the sacrifices that were now required. This means that there needed to be new skills acquired, right? Uh, so we said that when Adam and Eve uh, took of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree, uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, rather, that um, they were taking something that was not theirs yet, and they were not mature enough for it. And so, and, and the reason is that that um, they were not, they had not acquired all skills. Now, this doesn't mean that they were ignorant necessarily. It's just 
there's a difference between knowing how to do something, right? Having the mental capability of knowing what steps need to be taking, taken and then our bodies being used to doing those things. We, we often forget or fail to understand that even, even Adam uh, had to have motor skill improvement. He, he had to learn habits, right? Um, I, I'm not saying that he wouldn't know the process by which you tie a shoe, right? But I think that his body would have to go through practice, and he would be fumbling through um, just because he's not used to doing it, right? So um, now I'm not going to fight over that. That's not something I want to debate over. But what it seems to me is now there is there has to be this skill of sacrifice has to be honed. There has to be this uh, done. He has to learn to do this. Um, there had to be the ability to work with a knife and to kill an animal. This was required. And we, we see that this is the pattern of what's coming up next when we get uh, into next week's, um, next week's podcast. We're going we're gonna to look at, um, we're going to begin to look at the fact that this becomes a normal every year thing. Um, and so there also was a need to kindle fire. So this, this is what I believe that was an ascension um, sacrifice, um, what, what, what the, the New King James, I think the uh, NASB also uh, calls um, an ascension offering um, or, a, or a whole burnt offering. No, they call it a whole burnt offering. It's actually an ascension offering. That's, that's the word we want to use. So, um, so what happens is that God uh, shows them, this is what I expect, this is the requirement, this is what I want you to do. Um, to to atone for sin, and it and it it was symbolic of what God was doing. Now, now what I mean by that is every year they would do uh, an atonement offering, and this atonement offering would provide the coverings that they needed to cover their nakedness, and and it would it would be a new covering for that year. And so they would take the animal skin uh, after they had sacrificed the animal, and they would provide for them. And it would be a picture to them what God had done for their sins. He has covered it. Now, he has covered it, you know, in 6,000 years or 4,000 years uh, in Christ hanging on a cross. It, it hadn't, in their historical lineage or in their, their linear thinking had not occurred yet. But to God, it, Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. So this idea that um, that they didn't have redemption like we have redemption. No, they didn't have the Holy Spirit, and they didn't have the understanding and knowledge that we had, or in the way we had it. I wouldn't say they didn't have the Holy Spirit. But but not in the way that we have it, not in the fullness that it, it was received after Pentecost. But they did have it. They, they were saved just like we are saved, and, and by the same means. They did the outward signs to, to show they had faith that that thing was going to be accomplished in time and history for them. Um, but uh, in God's economy, they were saved. They were redeemed. And so they were doing that. So Jordan says that uh, only through knife and fire can we reach God. And we see this follows up with what Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 re- says, Therefore, since we are 
receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. He was consuming the animal. The the worshiper in the person of the victim, a lamb or a ram, were slain and then placed on the altar. Now, you think about the picture that we get um, in that. I'm, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but but think about think about the old covenant uh, worship. What would happen with with the victim? The victim would have uh, the the worshippers hand placed upon the head of the animal, and then that person, that worshipper, would then take a knife provided by the priest and slit the throat of the animal, taking its life saying, this is what should have happened to me. Then the animal's taken, and, and, and these things happen to it, and we'll get to that. Um, so this is why we believe that all the sacrificial system pointed to the fullest expression of worship in the Christian church, and we see this in Leviticus 1. We'll read some of that in a minute. Um, you know, Leviticus 1 is a great example. Um, actually, there's... You know, the, you go through the first three chapters of, of Leviticus, and I think that you're seeing uh, shadows and types of Christian worship. So, um, a, a great book on that is um, uh, the the service of the service uh, the service of Christ. I think Jeffrey Myers uh, that his book on worship is is very good. I don't think that's the right um, the service of Christ. Maybe I think it is. Um, so, and, and so then now we, we look at this points to the fact that Christ removed the veil. All of this only makes sense in light, light of Christ's sacrifice. See, because the, the writer of Hebrews makes this very clear. We renew covenant, uh, he renewed covenant for us, and we renew weekly with God through him. Hebrews 9, 1 through 10 read, Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part, in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden sister censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing shadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part the high priest went alone once a year, and not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance, the Holy Spirit indicating this, that the, on, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. Let, let, let's stop there for a second and, and, and understand what he, the writer of Hebrews is saying. That the veil being there, that the, the admission only being granted once a year after sacrifice had been made for the, whole, the, for the high priest and only he could go in, was saying something to the people. Right, the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. 
so this whole idea that there has to be a tabernacle or temple uh, rebuilt in Jerusalem to please God is 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 wrong. It 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 does not fit what's being said here in Hebrews. Right? It was symbolic for the. I'm back to Hebrews, um, chapter nine. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerning only, concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed upon until the time of Reformation. Christ made a new way. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 um, says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is a foreshadow. Uh, this is foreshadowed in the sacrificial system. Now, that's a lot of scripture, but... Um, but what I want you to uh, recognize is, is that this is all connected. This, this, none of this is arbitrary. So in Leviticus 1, 1 through 10, we read, <clears throat> Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you... Okay, let's stop right there. This is one place that I really disagree with the New King James. I love the New King James, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I want you to see here is this. When you, when anyone, this anyone is literally in the Greek, when an Adam of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, he shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces, its pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head, and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the, the altar. But he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. And the priests shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Again, this burnt sacrifice is ascension. It, the word is ascension. It means to ascend, to raise up in the Hebrew. Uh, it is a sweet aroma to the Lord, right? If this offering is of the flock, of the sheep, or of the goats, as a burnt offering, a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring a male without blemish. So notice that the victim is cut, Entrails and legs are washed, but the head and fat go on first. Then the rest of the body is arranged. So, so what's happened is the animal is slaughtered in the place. It's a vicarious victim. It's a vicarious sacrifice. Um, that it's an it's a it's a substitutionary sacrifice. The animal stands for the person worshiping, 
and the, the one who's bringing it, and that person kills the animal, and then that animal is then um, he's cut, uh, his entrails and his entrails and legs are washed, but the head and fat go on first. They don't do anything to it. They just take the head and the fat. Then the rest of the body is arranged. Now we got to realize the fat is the best part of the animal. The fatty parts is what has the most flavor. It's the most desirable pieces. And the hat, the head has a has a has a symbol for us to recognize. So th- this is the order given in the resurrection. First Corinthians fifteen twenty through twenty three read. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death. By man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after those who are Christ at his coming. Christ is our firstfruits. He rose first. He ascended after the sacrifice first. He raised first. He entered heaven First, he is our forerunner. He is our trailblazer. He has gone into the heavenlies and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He's gone before us. He is our head. He he is our head in fat, guys. Now, that's what we're told over and over in the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. There ain't no other head of the church but Jesus Christ. Ain't no popes, no bishops, no presidents, no kings. Jesus is the head of the church. And Jesus has been our first fruit and has gone to heaven. And I'll go as far as to say uh, that he has taken some of the first fruits in the barley uh, harvest uh, in the first century, if you read in Matthew 27, where the dead and the dead in the in the tombs in Jerusalem, they get up and walk around after the resurrection. Why? Because they've been bodily raised and they're with Jesus right now. Right? You gotta say yes and amen. It's what the Bible says. And so um so he's gone first. But we must see that this is a picture of worship as well. And and this is this is the important thing. We've got to catch all those times. We've got to catch all those times where Paul says, In Christ, we're in the heavenlies. We've been seated, we've been seated in the heavenly places in Christ. Right? We are cut and washed by the word administered to us through the representative of God, the preacher. So when the preacher gets up and says, thus says the Lord, or as, as we do here at Holly Ridge, uh, those who read scripture here uh, are required to set out their words from God's words, and they say, let us now hear the word of God, or let us hear the words of God. Right, Something similar to that so that we know who's speaking to us. It may be my voice you hear, but it is Christ speaking to his bride. And so we, we're, we're cut. We're re- rearranged, right? We're re- rearranged on, on our altar, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that the altar represented Christ because he is our sacrifice. And he is the model by which we want to mimic, right? We're rearranged uh, a specific way on the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may go from glory unto glory each week, being more and more made into the image of Christ. And that's the purpose of why, that's why it's so very important that we worship each week. That's why it's so very important that we do the elements that God has given us to do, 
because they accomplish something in us. They draw us up. They, they ascend us into his presence, and then they remake us. And then, then God commissions, and he blesses and commissions us to go out and do his work. Um, this is all we're going to cover today. Um, I think there's plenty, plenty of time, you know, 24 minutes, a little more. Uh, again, uh, if you uh, have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us at crownrightscastnet uh, at gmail.com. You also could um, reach out to us through our Facebook page. Um, we have a Crown Rights Cast Network uh, Facebook page. Holly Ridge Presbyterian Church also has a Facebook page. And my number is listed on there. If you'd like to directly text or call me, uh, feel free to do so. And uh, as always, guys, walk in a manner worthy of Christ to please God.